everyone. Welcome to Murder, She Spoke, the Murder, She Wrote podcast. I'm Maria, and today we are going to be looking at Season 2, Episode 10, Sticks and Stones. Um, this one I consider kind of like that one that goes and pairs well with Season 2, Episode 2, Joshua Peabody Died Here, Possibly. Um, it kind of has the same vibe, and um, if you've seen it, you you understand why. Um, this episode um, starts off pretty well. Um, it's a set in Cabot Cove, um, and you you see the uh, the ocean and the uh, the houses and the whole setting of Cabot Cove, and it's really beautiful. I love I love episodes that are set in Cabot Cove. Um, so it starts off with a lady in the bathtub, um, which she has a tiny TV in her bathroom, which I love that idea. Um, I think that all bathrooms should have televisions. Um, yeah, so she's getting into the bathtub, having a nice relaxing, uh, afternoon. Um, and then you see someone in the basement pull the lever on the, um, the fuse box. Um, and the first thing I noticed is how small the fuse box is. Um, and there were only, like, six or so buttons from what I remember. Um, or switches. And that, that, um... I don't know how old the house is, but I lived in a house that was, um, built in the, like, 1908 or something. And obviously, like, it's, there's a fuse box that's more modern in it, but, like, I can't understand, like, because in the early 1900s, obviously, they wouldn't have had a fuse box, um, so, like, obviously, it had to be, I just don't understand how a fuse box can only have that many switches for the whole house, um, because the house is a decent size, and, and my house was around that size, the, my old house, and it had, like, 30 different switches on the fuse box so maybe that was just the fuse box for like one section of the house like maybe there was another one or that one was like super old so they redid all the other ones I don't know um but also it's weird that there's a huge lever like a dramatic lever for it I have never seen that with a fuse box but that may be common and I just haven't seen it um so there's someone pulls the switch she thinks the TV went out, gets, well, the TV did go out. She thought it, it was the TV um, having issues rather than the, the power going out. So she went, uh, she got up and, uh, you know, jiggled the switch and then um, tried to push the cord in even more. And then he um, or she, I, I think it was a guy, uh, pull, pushed back the switch on the fuse, the lever on the fuse box and... Um, she was electrocuted. Now, here's my issue with that. Uh, usually, I don't have any, like, um, issues with Murder, She Wrote with, like, continuity and stuff. Because they're pretty good with it. Um, but if that fuse box was the whole house's fuse box, that means the bathroom lights would have gone off. And I can't see someone, even in the daytime, not having the bathroom lights on when they're taking a bath. Unless... I don't know, unless she was going for, like, a, you know, relaxing vibe. But I pretty, she's pretty bright in there. 
So I don't know what the deal with that is. Um, because if the power had gone out, I wouldn't have tried the TV because I would have noticed the lights went out. So the whole story would have been like, it wouldn't have existed if that were the case. So I personally would have set it up where I'd have like maybe a candle burning to show that the lights were not on. Or maybe, maybe I missed it. Maybe they did pan over to show the lights weren't on. Um... But that's what I would have done to make it seem more realistic that when the power went out, she thought it was just the TV. Um, and it establishes the fact that she's had issues with the TV before, too. Um, I'm just being nitpicky at this point. Um, but I did thought I did think that was weird. Okay, I just took... Um, if you don't know, I like to watch a few minutes of the episode and then come back, talk about it. So it's fresh in my head and I have more to talk about. Um... So I just went back and rewatched the beginning. Um, it didn't show any lights in the uh, the camera. Didn't you couldn't see any light fixtures or any lights in the bathroom, but it was way too bright for it to to not, even like in the daytime. You can tell when the lights aren't on, but it looked very bright. Obviously, that is um, set lighting, but also. If it were meant to be dark, they would have made it look darker. Um, so clearly that that's something that they kind of missed there. Um, also, what are the odds of her stepping completely out of the bathtub, walking over to the television? Um, first of all, if my hands were wet, I don't know. I just would have looked at the cord. And maybe touched the first part that she touched, but I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have gone down to where the cord was exposed. Um, I don't know. I'm just very cautious about electronic stuff in water. Um, but she was electrocuted, and how did she, how did she end up back in the bathtub? Like, I could see if, like, she was standing, um, maybe a few inches maybe if she took like two, a step back and was like you know one step like her calves were like at the edge of the tub um i could see like getting shocked there and falling into the bathtub also like i feel like there would have been blood um because she I, I can't see a scenario where she fell into the tub that cleanly like, I feel like her body would have shocked. She would have been shocked. And then her body, her back, she would have crumbled. Her back would have hit the side of the tub. And then she maybe would have fallen forward or, or like, just crumbled on the floor. Like, the bathtub thing. Um, it's possible, but not likely. Unless she was electrocuted and stepped back and then um, fell into the water. Maybe she was injured from the electricity uh, fell into the water and maybe drowned that way. I'm not sure yet. Alright, the first thing we notice when the sheriff's car is pulling up is that there are two sets of people. Um, men on the sidewalk and women in the street gawking at the scene. And that is just some solid uh, background work because that's so what would happen. Um, and then it cuts to, like, there's a crowd in her yard. Like, in the the boundary of her yard, like just watching 
And a few minutes in, you see him carrying her out on a stretcher. And then you see the guy who's the real estate agent, the guy played um, Gomez Adams. He is in a police uniform. Um, the regular sheriff, Amos. He uh, looks at the, the, he opens, he, he uncovers her face, looks at it. And then looks at the uh, real estate guy. And the real estate guy looks really uncomfortable. So, I mean, so Amos is just like, damn. At 325, we find out that um, the real estate man is the new sheriff. Which I don't understand because he's been a real estate agent. And he, he didn't work his way up the ranks of the police Um Station and also there are other police officers in the police station that are recurring characters So that doesn't make sense, but also it's a small town so they may not have any like hierarchy rules or anything like that. So Oh, I'll, I'll allow it um, He's taking over as sheriff because Amos is retiring and You know that makes me notice Amos's voice. He has that like mid mid-atlantic accent that, um, I just, I just love it. And I don't remember him having that voice in, in, uh, in Happy Days, which I'm going to actually go back and check. Um, but he may be using it for this because it's more of like a, a main accent. Um, but, um, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> As soon as they walk into the bathroom, I am 100% certain that there's no way she would have fallen in the tub. I didn't realize how big the bathroom was and how, how much room there was from the TV to the bathtub. Um, so there's no way that was, that was realistic, her falling into the bathtub. Also, something else I noticed. He flipped the switch earlier and then he put it back on. The lights in the bathroom are on. So that means they were on when she got into the bathtub, which means that unless the unless the police turned it on or the paramedics turned it on when they went in, but I highly doubt that. Um, so um, that means the lights were on and the lights when the switch, the breaker switch was hit, the, um, that means the bathroom lights went out, and she apparently thought it was the TV and didn't notice the lights went out. That I'm very, like, sensitive to light. Like, I like bright lights. And when it's dark, I notice it very quickly. Um, so that's something I would have noticed immediately, but maybe it was bright enough outside that the lights and the brightness outside kind of like drowned it out and it didn't make much of a difference. Maybe she thought um, when the lights went out, she thought it was because the TV brightness was shut because the TV went out. Maybe, maybe it's possible. Um, also because they, they totally destroyed the outlet um, and burned everything up. Um, I'm surprised it didn't mess up with mess with the breaker of turning it back on. I don't I'm not super sure how how that works, but I know that if I plug in too many appliances like 
one extra thing in the kitchen, the fuse will blow, so I don't know. Um, they bring up, they did, it, this isn't a him playing a different character, the real estate agent, it's not him playing a different character. Um, he is still the real estate agent, and he talks about how the lady was always trying to sell the house, but never committed to anything. Um, and he also mentions that he was in the house like a month ago and mentioned to fix the cord, but she never did. The next scene is uh, Jessica on the phone with someone, and she's kind of like, uh, you can tell the person on the other end is someone who's kind of a busybody, like talks about gossip in the town, which I'm not uh, judging because I 100% would be that person. Um, and Jessica's kind of like, oh, here we go, rolling her eyes, and I think that's funny. Ooh. And then it pans to Dr. Seth Hazlitt at the kitchen table. He's really... Okay, I know this is really weird of me to say, but he is so attractive. Like, honestly, I can't get... I, I fucking love him so much. Then the busybody on the phone is like, is someone there with you? And then she's like getting the gossip that Seth is at Jessica's house. And she's like, oh no, he's just fixing the toaster. And you know damn well the lady's like, uh-huh. Okay, so the next scene, um, someone rings the doorbell or knocks on the door. And it's Parker Stevenson, who I love. Um, I've seen him in the Hardy Boys, and I love him. Um, he comes in, barging in. I mean, if you've seen the episode, you know. You, shouldn't, you should watch the episode before you listen to this. But maybe you don't need to, because I always freaking recap everything. Um, I like how he just waltzes in, um, Jessica has no idea what's going on, and he's now, once they're in the living room, he realizes that the, uh, publisher never told Jessica about his arrival, but he still makes his way and barges into the kitchen anyway. And there's good old Seth sitting there at the kitchen table. I love how he's like, oh, look. Even the village repairman. And he doesn't realize that Seth's a doctor. And Seth is like, I'm not dealing with this bullshit. I'm out. He's like, good luck. And he, and Parker Stevenson assumes like when Seth is like, from the big city, huh? He just, he's like really proud of being from the big city. And you know damn well they're like making fun of him. He, um, he's making a bunch of like small town assumptions. Like he saw a jar and he's like, this was your grandma's, wasn't it? And she's like, I bought it yesterday. <laughs> I love it. She, like, shuts him down, like, without him realizing that she's doing it on purpose. Jessica uh, raises concerns when she runs into Amos that um, she's not confident in the fact that the real estate agent is now the sheriff, which uh, that's how things go, I guess, there. Um... Jessica takes um, the reporter, the journalist, up to um, some cliffs. And I was thinking there was a lighthouse there because that's like the prime spot for a lighthouse. But she mentioned that it burned down. So maybe that's what I was thinking of remembering seeing it there. And then it, it it's not there now. I love when the lady comes out and to the, uh, the lighthouse area and <laughs> tries to hit Jessica with her purse. And then... I love that Parker Stevenson is just watching, like, damn, Jessica fucking stealing people's husbands. But, I mean, she she claims not to. I mean, I believe it. 
after Amos goes to the sheriff, the new sheriff, and gives him the letter, the next, you know, lady's driving by, and doesn't it look like Princess Diana in the 80s? Just me? All right. <laughs> um, when the IRS is threatening that guy on the boat, honestly, I'm not a violent person. But I kind of wanted to throw that IRS guy into the water. All right, so there's a fight on the wharf. Um, and it's revealed he did pick, fix the TV cord. Oh, well, the guy ended up throwing the, uh, the other guy into the water after all. Not the one I wanted to throw in, but good enough. I think it's really sweet how he stopped him from beating up the other guy, tossed him in the water, and then helped him up the ladder and took him to the sheriff. Like, that's such a small town, like, really, really kind, like, thing to do. He's doing it for his own good. Um, and I like that. So, the next uh, piece of info we're given is that that old lady um, in the... I don't... Hold on. I don't know her name. She had a purple sweater. She came into the... She was yelling at the German guy. She owns, like, a house that she rents out. She came into the sheriff's office and got really confused because she sent the only anonymous... She thought she was the only one who sent an anonymous letter. Um, she sent one herself, but there are, like, thousands. So she was confused. We'll see where that goes. And uh, when she leaves, Seth is still there and um, the sheriff, they both look at each other. And I just, um, Seth, oh, just beautiful man. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. He's so great. And um, the next scene, um, Jessica is fiddling with the plug of her television, which makes me nervous. Um, okay, so... We're at uh, 20 minutes and one second in, and uh, Parker Stevenson is eating dinner with Jessica, and she's thinking about the murder case. Um, he is acting, this is this is funny to me, he's acting like a stereotypical millennial would, even though he's not a millennial, he's uh, the generation before that. Um, that's how millennials are perceived currently, and I think that's funny. Is it always the generation before are they always perceived that way? Is this something we just noticed because of the internet and uh, the the amount of information that we have on our hand now? Okay, just a break from Murder, She Wrote for a second. Um, I'm watching Murder, She Wrote on Amazon Prime. And it only goes up to like season five. And I did buy the DVDs for the upcoming seasons uh, for like from six through like nine. Um, but you know what I hate? I hate that you have to pay for Amazon Prime, and then you still get so many commercials. Like, Netflix Netflix has been great since day one. No commercials. You pay your monthly fee. No freaking commercials. Amazon, I've already had to sit through, like, ten commercials. It's insane. Okay, back to Murder, She Wrote. Um, I like how... This episode kind of, like, sets out all the plot points and twists ahead of time. Like, right now, they're establishing that um, the lady who died in the tree, um, she used to be really active, but suddenly she had all of her groceries delivered, stuff like that. And that's kind of setting up for um, something in the future, I think. Around 2339, there's a shot of the outside of Jessica's house, and... 
I don't know what it is about it, but it's just a gorgeous shot. It's kind of like foggy-ish, like kind of like um, there's a filter over it, the greenery and the, the house, everything's just white, and I really love it. Um, at 2534, Jessica, be the fucking boss. Um, when the big condo, big three or whatever, straight up confronting her about ominously confronting her, she just fucking just remains calm and schools the shit out of him. She doesn't give a fuck. She is a boss, and she's not gonna let anyone intimidate her. Um, so, Parker Stevenson, um, is charged with going to a restaurant, um, to keep the condo three there for two hours so Jessica can do some detective work, and he is going to do detective work on, uh, with the, uh, the condo three, um, that makes me so fucking nervous, <laughs> I don't know if I could pull that off, though, I don't know if I, um, being bold enough to ask questions so, so soon, I'd have to work my way up to finding out stuff, because I'm, I couldn't handle, um, I don't know. I just think that if I were trying to get information out of someone, I'd play it really cool and I'd play play the long game. I'm a long game player where going to a restaurant, pretending to get drunk, um, getting information out of them. I don't I don't think that's my thing. I mean, maybe if I tried it, I'd be able to do it, but who knows. Oh, another thing I, I don't think I could do to sneak into a place where I'm not supposed to be because even just watching these scenes of Jessica in the basement of that house makes me so damn nervous. <laughs> um, honestly, like, I don't think sneaking into a house... I think I would rather go in confidently and come up with a reason why, why I'm there. Like, if I was sneaking in the house um, to look at something... And someone caught me, I'd just be like, oh, uh, the sheriff asked me to look at something or asked me to take a picture, asked me to find something. Like, if I were in Jessica's shoes, um, I wouldn't cower or try to, like, hide or whatever. Because that's, like, the most logical way to get out of getting in trouble for something like that or getting embarrassed. I like how when, also, at 3336, um, when Jessica... Um, she thinks very quickly on her feet. Um, someone's coming, and the first thing I would have done was just fucking hide. But they kind of, like, flounder a little bit, and then Jessica shuts the light up, and then she unscrews the light bulb, which, um, that's some fucking, I don't even know why she did it, but I think it's so that they're, they couldn't turn the light on to see them. Um, but damn, isn't that fucking... Genius, and also the fact that she acted like the bulb was hot, which I'm assuming it was possibly because she unscrewed it when I don't know if it was actually hot or that was just great acting. Um, but good on her. Um, why the F did Amos take a shovel and fucking smash it in the back of that guy's head? <laughs> 
I feel like that was a bit much. They could have come out and just confronted him. Um, when the current sheriff is freaking out and slams his badge down on the counter, uh, Seth's expression is like, oh boy. But like, I just love the little subtleties of the characters' expressions in, uh, in all the episodes, really. Okay, so, can you believe what happened? Can you freaking believe I just watched the end? Um, Harry Pierce, the real estate sheriff, did all of it. What the hell, man? And just Jessica, like, almost crying, saying how, like, talking about... They've been close for so long. That's insane. Why wouldn't you just go to jail or take... Take the punishment for the arson. Who cares? Why would you murder after to cover up arson? If they he hadn't murdered anyone, if he had just put the letters out, he probably would have been freaking fine. Why did he have to murder anyone? I just... It doesn't make sense. If he would have just sent the letters, then there would have been letters, but there would be no, like, real... Um, everyone would have thought they were all fake. Someone was a prankster. No investigation because there wasn't a murder. They would have gotten away with it. I like the contrast when Parker Stevenson leaves um, and he says goodbye. And then he says um, goodbye to Seth and he calls him doctor. That's that. It's a very, very obvious parallel to the beginning of the episode where he he was so caught up in old town, small town stereotypes, and he called him the repairman. And it, it was very obviously placed as like a sandwich in between how much he's grown during the whole episode. At 47.05, he turns around while getting into the cab, and there's a shot of um, Seth and Jessica standing in front of her house. And it is just a beautiful scene. Jessica in bright red, Seth wearing his stupid Kilby hat. Um, the picture-perfect couple, even though they're not a couple, picture-perfect, uh, small-town Americana couple, um, just uh, amazing. And then when he, uh, Parker reveals that he's not doing a story on, uh, Cabot Cove, uh, Seth smiles, and he's just, like, he gets it, Parker Stevens gets it now. He gets why ruining small towns isn't a good idea. He gets what popularity for small towns isn't a good idea now. And I think he learned a lot there, and he it, he gets it. Honestly, just Jessica's so great, Seth's so great. Since I talked about how hot Seth was all episode, I'll, I'll throw in there, Parker Stevenson is also very hot. <laughs> um, but I just, this episode was so good. So many, so many subtle things that connected to past episodes that weren't important. But really set the tone of the episode. Like, I hate when shows establish things at the beginning of an episode that will be used later. Where these, some of these things were established in other episodes. And they were canon. Um, so, like, you can tell the series was written ahead of, like, well, I mean, um, Agatha Christie. But, um... You can tell that the scripts and everything was planned ahead of time. It wasn't like... It wasn't a show that was written for 
the sake of writing a show and money. It was a show written for the sake of the art. Um, so the next episode is season two, episode 11, Murder Digs Deep. And I love this episode because it's Jessica and Seth going on an archaeological dig, which is definitely a, a, a departure from the normal. Um, but I kind of want to go jump to... Um, if a body meets a body, episode 18 of season two, um, that one's actually really interesting and we can always go back to the others. I, I assume I'm going to eventually, but I'm, I'm, I'm showing you episodes that like, um, it's not going to ruin anything if I show you the, these few out of order, um, cause, uh, all the main stuff happens in the episodes I'm showing you. Um, and it's really not necessarily like a, the story doesn't actually continue in different episodes. It's just that the established characters and, and past, the histories are, are something that carries on through each episode. So we should be fine going to episode 18. And then I probably will go back to, um, what was it? Oh, episode 11. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to Murder, She Spoke, the Murder, She Wrote podcast. I'm Maria, and have a nice day. Uh-huh.